differentiators are, it's carrier grade capability, it's wherever our customers need it, and we're completely flexible in the way that we could deliver that bandwidth. And those three things combined make O2BM power completely unique. The first two satellites of our initial 11 will soon be launching into medium Earth orbit. They will join SES's current O3B system at 8,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface, building on SES's pioneering legacy of empowering businesses, governments, and communities in some of the most difficult to reach places on Earth. With O3BM Power, we're taking that experience even further. O3BM Power is scaled ridiculously from the original O3B constellation, and that means that in all our verticals, in crews, in government, in fixed data, we're able to serve not just 10 beams per satellite, but 5,000 beams per satellite. So the number of applications that we can support on O3BM Power has just grown hugely, and all with the ambition of making sure that we're supporting all of our customers' networks and all of their needs. O3BM Power's secret lies in the unique combination of the most innovative satellites, industry-leading ground infrastructure, and advanced software systems, all developed to form a future-proof network ready to bring an extraordinary level of performance to satellite-enabled communications. Our journey with O3BM Power with SES began when we were presented with a very complex problem that we knew a traditional design approach, a traditional satellite architecture simply wouldn't solve. We needed to design a network in the sky. It's been a tremendous journey of invention. We're here in historic Cape Canaveral and we're just a short time away now from the first launch of O3BM Power. And actually this is gonna be the first of five launches that are gonna happen over the next year or so. And I could not be more excited. And I hope in joining this broadcast, you're gonna to get to witness an incredible launch, uh, but you're also gonna to get to share in the O3BM Power journey. We are just over seven minutes away from liftoff, so we're gonna take a closer look at the vehicle that you see on your screen. The two-stage Falcon 9 vehicle stands 229 feet tall. That's slightly taller than a 21-story building. That bottom two-thirds of the vehicle is called the first stage and sometimes known as the booster. Its job is to accelerate the vehicle through the Earth's atmosphere and into space, and then it will separate away from the rest of the rocket. Now, today's booster is flying for its eighth time, previously having supported cargo resupply missions 22 and 25, crewed missions 3 and 4, the Turksat 5B mission, Utelsat Hotbird 13G, and one Starlink mission. Now above the first stage, we have our second stage. It has a single Merlin vacuum or MBAC engine, and that ignites shortly after the stages separate. The second stage is what will ultimately carry the O3B M-Power satellites stage to one, space. Stage 1, RP1 low complete. The satellites are safely enclosed inside the 17-foot diameter payload fairing, which is that large barrel structure at the top of the vehicle, the nose cone, right above the second stage. It's made of a carbon composite material, and it protects the satellites on their way to orbit. We'll jettison those fairing halves approximately three uh, and minutes and 20 seconds into the flight. Now, for today's mission, we've got two spacecraft on board uh, on the second stage inside that fairing. Each payload will deploy at separate times, about six minutes apart from each other. There's a great view of the two Empire satellites on your screen. The fairing halves supporting today's mission are flight proven, one half having flown for its fourth time and the other having uh, flying, excuse me, for its fifth time today.
Now, next to the vehicle, we've got this large truss structure that's called the transporter erector. You will also hear that referred to as the TE or the strong back. We use that to roll the vehicle out to the launch pad and raise it into the vertical launch position. It also has the important role of routing the vehicle's fluids, power, telemetry, and umbilicals from the ground system to the rocket and the satellites. And that'll continue until Falcon 9 transitions into the final stages of the countdown when it transitions to internal power and ultimately clears the pad. At T minus zero, liftoff, we'll retract the TE away in order to clear the way for Falcon 9. Tanks are pressing for strong bat retract. You just heard a call out there that we're beginning to pressurize the tanks on uh, Falcon 9 in preparation for retracting the strong back. Keep an eye just below the fairing. Uh, you'll see the clamp arms of the TE. We'll start to open those around T minus four minutes and 17 seconds. Beautiful day for uh, an almost night launch. Lord. A great view there of the second stage, and above it is the first stage. We should shortly see the strong back arms retracting. There you can see them opening. As we get uh, closer to T minus zero, we'll actually see the strong back fully recline away in preparation for that in uh, around, excuse me, just after T minus four minutes, we'll see the strong back begin a short recline away from the vehicle. At the base of the strong back, we've got a hinge structure, and we use ground hydraulic systems to pull back the strong back to a fully reclined position that'll recline even further at the T minus zero mark. Next major milestone coming up at about the T minus three minute mark. That'll be liquid oxygen loading complete on the first stage. At this point, we have uh, fully loaded fuel on both the first and second stages, and we're topping up liquid oxygen on uh, both stages. We have about a million pounds of kerosene fuel and liquid oxygen at launch. And we continue one, topping up. There was a call out there for stage one lock load complete. We continue topping up that liquid oxygen on the first and second stage because we uh, loaded at an extremely cold temperature which is much colder than the surrounding environment, and it tends to boil off. So as it boils off, we vent off some of those gases that produces those white clouds you see around the vehicle, and we keep topping it up so we can get the maximum amount of propellant and therefore performance out of the vehicle for the mission. So next major milestone, liquid oxygen loading complete on the second stage. You can actually see uh, how cold the tank skin is on the second stage with those white clouds forming around it. Again, that white clouds, actually the moist Florida air condensing around and forming water vapor clouds around the stage. Beautiful view at the Cape. We were tracking no major weather constraints today. Stage two, locks load complete. Call out there that locks loading complete on the first and second stages. And that uh, white gas cloud you're seeing is actually us venting the lines of the transporter erector. 
clearing out any propellant that is in the lines that's being routed to death. Yeah, launch closeouts. Next major milestone coming up at T minus 60 seconds. That'll be when Falcon 9 transitions into startup. That means that its internal flight computers will have taken over the launch countdown. They'll continue to have control of the vehicle through the rest of the mission. At T minus two seconds, we'll light those Merlin 1D engines in preparation for liftoff. Falcon 9 is in startup. So with that, the O3B Empire satellites continue to look healthy. Range and the vehicles are go for today's launch. Weather's looking great. Last major milestone here is the launch director's final go for launch. LD, go for launch. And with that, we're ready to launch in just about 40 seconds. So with that, let's watch as Falcon 9 takes the O3B Empire satellites to orbit. T minus 30 seconds. Telemetry nominal. Falcon 9 has successfully lifted off from Space Launch Complex 40 at the Cape Canaveral Space Force Station in Florida, carrying the O3B Empower satellites to orbit. Here's a great view from the first stage, looking down at those Merlin 1D engines. Now, during the ascent, we have begun tilting the engines. That's called gimbling. And we've begun actually moving horizontally away from the launch pad in a maneuver called a gravity turn. We're still mostly going up. As you can see, the altitude is increasing. But we're also Next starting cube. to go horizontally away from the pad, and ultimately it's that horizontal speed that uh, will get us to orbit. I apologize, I just talked over the call out there for max Q. That is the point of maximum aerodynamic pressure and the highest stresses on the vehicle during the ascent. Now, uh, the rocket needs to go about 17,500 miles per hour horizontally in order okay, to chill. avoid getting pulled back to Earth. So we'll be continuing to accelerate the vehicle in preparation for several events we've got coming up in about a minute. The first of those will be main engine cutoff, followed by stage separation, and then second engine start number one. Now main engine cutoff is where we shut down all nine of these Merlin 1D engines in preparation for separation of the two stages, and then followed shortly after by second engine start number one. We heard a call out there for MVAC chill-in. That means we've begun to chill in the turbo pumps on the second stage in preparation for full flow uh, of the Merlin vacuum engine and ignition at about the T plus 244 mark. So again, coming up, main engine cutoff, followed by stage separation, 
and then SES1. Miko. Stage separation confirmed. And back ignition. Great views, left-hand side of your screen is looking up through the interstage where the Maryland vacuum is sitting. You can see uh, that's a, now a first stage view uh, of the grid fins deploying. Right-hand side of your screen is that Maryland vacuum engine having started its burn. It'll continue burning for about the next five minutes. Next major milestone will be deployment of the fairing halves. Now that we're high enough in the atmosphere, we can actually jettison that mass and recover the fairing halves for use on a future mission. Separation confirmed. Great shot. On the right-hand side of your screen is the top of the payload adapter. And on the, uh, sometimes we can catch the fairing halves jettisoning away in this view on the Maryland vacuum. Now again, uh, we'll be attempting to retrieve these fairing halves once they fall back to planet Earth on our recovery vessel named Bob. For just joining us, welcome. High We're position of signal, Bermuda. About T plus four minutes into today's mission, had an on-time liftoff from Space Launch Complex 40 in Florida. On the left-hand side of your screen is Falcon 9's first stage, using some attitude gas to reorient itself for its next major event, which is the entry burn. And on the right-hand side of your screen, we've got a great view of the Merlin vacuum engine on the second stage. About uh, a minute into, excuse me, a little more than a minute into its first burn, and it is carrying the M-Power, O3B M-Power satellites to orbit. We're carrying two today on today's mission for our customer, SES. Next major event is going to happen on the first stage, which is on the left-hand side of your screen. That'll be the entry burn. During the entry burn, we relight three of the Merlin 1D engines on the first stage, the center engine, followed shortly after by two of the radial engines. And we do that to slow down the vehicle. And that helps us reduce the reentry forces and heating, and ultimately allows us to recover and reuse that first stage. So right now, the first stage is periodically doing some bursts of its attitude control gas. We're trying to get the engines pointed back towards the Earth we can slow ourselves down once we get to the entry burn time, that in about a minute from now. Now this view is of our Merlin vacuum engine. We've got cameras on either side of the engine. You can see the glow of the nozzle from those hot exhaust gases, transferring heat into the engine and that heat is radiating away to uh, the cool background of space. Now, during re-entry on the first stage, we actually put that nice layer of soot on the first stage. That soot actually comes from flying through the rocket's exhaust gases. You can see that we're still going extremely fast, about 8,000 kilometers per hour on the first stage. That'll slow down as we uh, do the entry burn, but that the rocket's plume, which is carbon-based, ends up coming back onto the surface of the rocket and leaves that nice layer of soot that you see on our flight-proven boosters. Interburn scheduled to start here in about 10 seconds. Keep an eye out for that on the left-hand side of your screen.
stage one FTS is safe. Stage one entry burn startup. Successful entry burn startup. This burn lasting just about uh, a little over 20 seconds. You can see that our speed is rapidly decreasing. Stage one entry burn shutdown. And shutdown of those three Merlin 1D engines. Again, we do this burn to help with reusability. And really, reusability is the key to lowering the cost of spaceflight, and that enables more investments in critical scientific research and missions like today's payload. Falcon 9, the Falcon 9 first stage that supported today's mission will be uh, performing its landing burn for the eighth time. It's previously supported a number of missions, including the cargo resupply missions 22 and 25, crewed missions 3 and 4, Turksat 5B, Utelsat, Hopper 13, and the Starlink mission, and of course today's Empower mission. Next major event is actually shutdown of the Merlin vacuum Stage engine two, that we FTS see on our screen. Now the Merlin engines are optimized for thrust in. Impact shutdown. They're optimized for thrust in the vacuum of space. They actually have an extremely long nozzle compared to the Merlin 1Ds. We had our call out there for shutdown on the nominal orbit insertion on the Merlin vacuum engine as well as a call out of nominal orbit insertion now it sounds like we're having a little bit of uh, telemetry issues with the first stage should have started its landing burn at about the t plus 80 uh, excuse me t plus 8 minute 24 second mark expected loss of signal cape so the landing Merlin sequence, we start a single Merlin engine on the first stage. And uh, by now, hopefully we would have landed on our drone ship. We'll see if we can get some more information from the launch team once we get telemetry back. So at this point, the mission is not over yet. We've just completed the first of three burns on this Merlin vacuum engine on the second stage. We're in our first parking orbit. Our next burn coming up on the second stage will be coming up after this coast phase. We'll ignite for a second time for a short burn, uh, and then a third burn after that, a little bit longer after. So we'll see you back here in about the T plus 27 minute mark for second engine start number two. See you back in about 17 minutes. In the meantime, enjoy the space tunes.
Expected loss of signal, Bermuda. Stage one landing confirmed. 